Alrighty, well hey, good morning everybody. Hope you're having a good one. You got a big old cup of coffee. We're going to be talking about quite a bit in the 10 trending articles today. Uh, Ave, XRP, Dogecoin, IOTA, VeChain, and that's just the front five. So stick around and learn a little bit about the crypto space. Um, as always, thanks to all those who have subscribed. I really do appreciate it. And links in the description will take you to all the articles discussed so that way you can do your own research. Because please, 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 please don't just trust me or anyone else here on YouTube. Listen to different people. Do your own research. It's very, very important. But hey, let's jump into number one. So Ave, first article up today, is ascending the market rankings as flash loans explode. So yeah, good old DeFi protocol Ave has seen an wow an explosion. They really don't use too many words in these. And the number of flash loans issued with the daily value of said loans growing by more than a thousand percent since the start of July from 11 million to more than 130 million as of the 27th. Dear Lord, the record loan issuance has seen Ave ascend the rank to the fourth largest DeFi protocol by locked funds with nearly 392.9 million. Now we talked before that even though a large amount of value is locked in these funds because people are borrowing back and forth and collateralizing and leveraging all these things, there's actually less money on DeFi platforms than this TVL might indicate. So you gotta, do got to keep an eye on that. But still, a 1,000% increase shows that definitely there's, there's new people getting in there. So Ave is describing its flash loans as the first uncollateralized loan option in DeFi, allowing traders to instantly borrow funds provided that the liquidity is returned to the pool within one transaction block. So that's some short-term trades. Uh, the loans are intended for use in arbitrage and collateral swapping, allowing users to dictate instruments via smart contract to execute transactions. A 0.9% fee is charged on the gains from said transaction, with the fee being distributed among the platform's liquidity providers. Should the borrower fail to meet the loan condition, the whole transaction is reversed to effectively undo the actions it executed until that point and ensure the safety funds in Aave's reserve pool. So interesting. I'll be honest, I read this article like three times and went, I'm not fully sure I understand, but it seems like you can use it to do quick little loans that'll get you some flash profit based off, you know, arbitrage and swapping between different collateral and whatever money is made goes back to the pool as well as just the money in general so that way sometimes they see a profit on these flash loans sometimes they don't but they never see a loss it's either a break even or a small increase which over time and over hundreds and thousands of transactions will definitely add up for any users providing liquidity to the pool so something to consider but yeah Aave is up like 500 percent this year because of DeFi um, and things like this are only going to get bigger do your own research, especially on these. Um, DeFi, DeFi or decentralized finance is very complex and not the most user friendly right now. So definitely this is not a beginner thing for you to get into. Uh, this is more of an advanced crypto strategy. You should be looking into if you've been in the space for a while and have tried different things. Um, I would probably do a few more low-level things to learn about smart contracts, watch some YouTube videos about it so you kind of understand how they work before you hop into it.
but it's definitely a lucrative thing if you can figure out how to maximize stuff. So, alrighty. Well, hey, let's hop over and talk about XRP Ripple. I don't know if you guys know this, but XRP edges out Tether on coin market cap. I saw it this morning when I logged in and I was like, oh my God, it finally happened. Tether is no longer number three, it is number four. And XRP has a comfortable lead on it now. I think it's like 800 million or something like that. So yeah, XRP has finally broken out of the falling wedge pattern. It's been stuck in since September 2018. Uh, and the wedge was first identified by <clears throat> esteemed and <clears throat> well, well-respected crypto analyst uh, Magic Poop Cannon. God, the internet's amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alright. Uh, XRP's push in the crypto markets has the remittance coin gunning for 25 cents. Uh, it's edged out tether on coin market cap, as we just stated, and could remain in the number three spot if it continues on this upward trajectory, which I think it will. Uh, they're currently finding resistance below the 200-day moving average. Uh, if XRP can get above that and hold it as support, we could very quickly see a test of the top of the falling wedge that could produce an epic upside breakout. They talking parabolic. But yeah, though the bullishness of XRP has resulted in the remittance coin regaining control of the number three spot. Uh, furthermore, over 800 million in market cap separates the two assets on the tracking website. So if they continue this, uh, it could it will be well positioned in the top three, and depending on how things break down, it will once again start nipping at Ethereum's heels. I don't know if you guys remember this, but for a brief moment, a brief, I think it was like maybe a day, XRP flipped Ethereum and was number two in market cap. Like when it was like $3 a coin, XRP was. Truly massive just because the amount of XRP there was. I never expected it to go that high. Just insanity. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely something to keep an eye out on. It's finally starting, just the crypto market in general is finally starting to see some good positive movement and some massive upsides. Unfortunately, at the expense of traditional markets as the coronavirus pall continues to cover us. But, all right, that's enough about this. Let's hop over. So hackers, or more specifically, a hacker, has figured out how to use Dogecoin to infiltrate computers. Wow, much hack. Alrighty. So uh, attackers are accessing APIs with Doge wallets to mask their location, and the attack is actually still ongoing. So it is being used by hackers to control Monero mining malware on Linux operating systems. So that's kind of a, a niche, just Linux in of itself. But they're using that to mine Monero by the looks of things. So Intezer Labs was analyzing a relatively new backdoor Trojan virus called Doki when it found an old attacker was using it to direct mining malware on public web servers. The firm found that the hacker, who goes by Nagork, all right, uh, had uncovered a new method to use Dogecoin wallets for infiltrating web servers. Uh, using Dogecoin transactions, attackers were able to change the C2 addresses on exposed computers that ran their Monero mining bots. This allowed them to continually change their online location, which is how they've kept from getting caught. So why utilize this method? Intezer says, said these steps 
meant security firms need to access the hacker's Dogecoin wallet to take down Doki, which was quote-unquote impossible without knowing the wallet's private keys. So by using Dogecoin to infiltrate and get these mining, Monero mining bots on their computer, it's actually incredibly, incredibly hard to get it removed. And in fact, most Linux servers can't even detect the virus because it's being masked by the Dogecoin wallet, which is legitimate. So a way to prevent exposure to the Nugork botnet is to ensure that critical application process interfaces, also known as APIs, are not connected to the internet. So by doing that, you eliminate your exposure risk. However, for some companies, some businesses, and some individuals, Linux servers are their bread and butter and their critical APIs are connected to the internet because they have to be connected to the internet. So, hey, if you work for a company that has Linux servers and you've noticed a spike in their usage, this may be why, and it might be time to uh, get your dirty Doge wallet off of it. Just saying. <laughs> so, it's pretty interesting the creativity of some people. Um, this is not like, oh my god, I need to hide my Doge, I need to, you know, do this, do that. It's just uh, in a very specific set of circumstances and situations, someone figured out an exploit that is almost undetectable, so they're able to mine Monero, which they can then, you know, trade, sell, and whatever, because it is definitely a security token. But, all right, so that does it for three. Let's move on to number four. Not much to say about Dogecoin, other than that guy was creative as all get out. Uh, so IOTA, their Pollen version 0.2.2, it, it did something. So with Pollen, the IOTA Foundation released the first public fully decentralized testnet for IOTA 2.0 at the end of June and announced its release strategy for Coordicide. The upgrade called IOTA 2.0 will be the first digital decentralized version of the IOTA Tangle mainnet and will be the production ready version of the protocol. The goal is to lay the foundation for a functional network without a coordinator and to transform Pollen into a final, feature-rich release candidate for IOTA 2.0. With this in mind, the IOTA Foundation released a new minor version, the above-mentioned one. Uh, as the release notes indicated, three improvements have been made in the area of message and transaction validation. Uh, they adjusted max transaction input count added signature validation before issuance, enforced max message size in message factory, uh, and they also improved the synchronization process by refactoring message requester, improving solidification process, refactoring work pool management, and replaced bootstrap plugin with a more secure and reliable beacon plugin. So uh, the big thing on this is, I'm getting to it, so the one week test of the launch of Pollen showed peak performance, throughput of 15,000 transactions per second, which is a 12-fold improvement of the current mainnet. Bitcoin can do like 10. Ethereum can't do much more than that. So 1,500 a second is fantastic. But then, of course, according to the IOTA Foundation, during a test for the synchronization process yesterday, more than 10,000 transactions per second were measures, measured, which is huge. It, that, that is enterprise level. That is fully scalable. That will get you to pretty much where Ever you need to be in the world right now. Will it future-proof you? No. But 10,000, that's what takes a transaction from 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, 10 minutes, 
15, 30 minutes to a second. Like, this is very, 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 very good for IOTA. And if some other cryptos, <coughs> Ethereum, whew, can figure out how to duplicate this, um, yeah, we might, uh, might be seeing a whole new revolution in cryptocurrencies. So yeah, good on IOTA. They continue to work under the radar, in my opinion, doing a lot of good things. They do have decent use cases. I wouldn't sleep on this one if I was you guys. Uh, disclaimer, I don't hold any. So, VeChain, which I also don't hold. Um, so the MyCare tool, which we've talked about previously, um, Viking Lines and Color Lines, which are shipping companies, integrated my, the MyCare tool into it, as well as the International Hotel Group Intercontinental, and the world's leading steel company, Accelerator Natal, uh, recently implemented the VeChain Thor blockchain-based solution. A new well-known company has become known to rely on this tech. So ITC Hotels, the third largest hotel chain in India, will rely on MyCare. They have over 100 in there. So based on MyCare and the Infection and Emergence Pathogen Risk Prevention Framework, the program will review existing hygiene and safety standards of the ITC hotels across India and help to improve them. The result is expected to be a significantly improved health, hygiene, and safety standard for the hotels in line with national and international regulations and industry best practices. So, yeah, they are implementing all this, of course, because of the pandemic, which currently rages outside of all of our houses and in some of ours. But, yeah, so they can, God, VeChain just continues to more and more and more and more and more adoption. Say the same about Chainlink right now, which is really cool. But this was developed in partnership with VeChain and DNVGL. Uh, so the DNVGL intends to train hotel staff and employees, and will will Abe enable? Come on, editors will enable smooth implement, implementation of the protocol while aiming to ensure guests have strict cleanliness and disinfection procedures. So yeah, just another notch in VeChain's belt for their continued growth and continued adoption in both the supply chain and um, personal health and institutional health. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. I'm very happy for them. And I should probably just buy some because I've done enough research on VeChain at this point that I'm kind of comfortable doing so. But money, don't have a lot of money right now because you know what's happening. Alrighty. Oh, man, not back. Oh, it's killing me today. Okay, well, that was article number five. Cool. All righty. Well, hey, let's hop over to number six. So just because XRP flipped Tether don't mean Tether's not doing nothing. So the Tether Treasury has minted $540 million of its U.S. dollar-backed stablecoin in the last three days. Bitcoin's price rallied above 11k. According to Whale Alert, the 300 million was created today on the Tron network after two previous mints of 120 million on Ethereum were done in the past three days. Interesting. On Tron. Good for Tether, good for Tron, I guess. All right, crypto exchange Bitfinex and Tether CTO Paulo Ederino explained on Twitter that the transactions were meant to replenish the inventory in preparation for more demand. So this was not released to the market. 
but it was created to be ready should Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrency prices continue to rise. So Tether is the most commonly used stablecoin with a market cap of 10 billion. Its value is pegged to the US dollar, enabling it to avoid the price fluctuations typical of most cryptocurrencies, which I would hope you veterans know. But this is a very interesting thing for Tether to be doing because it shows they think we're going up. And there's just one more person who does. And they are the most commonly used stablecoin and currently number four by market cap. Uh, personally, I don't really care for Tether. They've had a lot of controversies in the past. Do your own research. I'm not going to get into it here. But they are preparing for a bull run. They think one's coming. Enough that they're going to bet $540 million, over half of a billion dollars they've created in preparation for it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely makes me happy. All right. Local Bitcoins, yeah, we got to talk about this. They've partnered with the blockchain intelligence firm Elliptic. It's the latest move in the veteran peer-to-peer -peer exchange fight against criminal activities on the platform. Uh, yeah, local Bitcoins, you could literally meet someone in a parking lot and they'll give you, uh, they'll scan a QR code for you and send you Bitcoin and you can hand, send, hand them a, a grocery bag filled with cash and off you both go. Uh, for some reason, they're trying to crack down on that. I don't know. So, local Bitcoins only handles Bitcoins, don't trust traditional currencies, hence we don't have the same visibility to traditional finance side, for example, as the banks. Additionally, local Bitcoins is very diverse and operates in over 150 countries, which creates its own challenges when it comes to the practical side. Uh, as Chief Operating Officer Elena Tanoyan said, uh. so... Yeah, local Bitcoins employs a multinational workforce from over 20 countries to help in this. But beyond this diversity, a partnership with Elliptic, Elliptic will bring access to more blockchain monitoring tools that can prevent the illicit use of local Bitcoins services. Oh yeah, local Bitcoins has notably already tightened verification procedures as part of its efforts to comply with regulations such as the EU's fifth money laundering directive and international know your customer or KYC regulations. Uh, this has sparked some backlash if one takes the 50% drop in trading volume in the months following the implementations of the measures at face value on local Bitcoins. Look, I'll be honest with you, they are a veteran player. They're old, they are established, and they have a large group of people with jobs in many different countries that they provide a living for based on offering these services and getting their cut, they're going to comply because they don't want to lose all that. Because if a country says you can't operate in here, they continue to operate in there, well, that's when things start getting pretty dicey and extradition treaties come into play and all that fun stuff. So yeah, local Bitcoins is definitely going to have to do this. Yeah, it kind of takes away the anonymity that local Bitcoins brings. But I think what this will end up doing is something that uh, is okay with being not legal. We'll start spring up in starting. We'll start to spring up in some of these countries, uh, which will inevitably be shut down by law enforcement, and a lot of people who use it will be identified and end up doing jail time or having to pay things. So 
This is just the world we live in, unfortunately. Even person-to-person -person transactions are being monitored. Um, to me, it's no different than buying for something in cash, but if a government can limit it to one, get more control, two, get a cut through taxes, and three, to help stamp out illegal activity, and believe me, illegal activity is way down there at number three. They're going to do it. So it is what it is. I can see why their trading volume would drop by 50%. Some people really valued the anonymity that it brought. Whether they were doing illegal things or not, they just liked the anonymity. Uh, honestly, if they were doing something illegal, it was probably dodging taxes. So a little column A, a little column B there. But what do you know? All right, moving on over to number eight. So crypto jacking, yeah, crypto jackers are hitting pay dirt over in India. According to Microsoft's newly released threat report, the report states that web users in India encounter crypto mining malware attacks at a rate 4.6 times higher than the regional and global average. India experiences the second largest number of cryptocurrency mining attacks in the Asia Pacific region, lagging only behind Sri Lanka. Crypto Currency mining attack, commonly called crypto jacking, is an attack where hackers secretly install cryptocurrency mining malware on someone else's computer to use its computing power to mine cryptocurrencies. Kind of like what we talked about with Dogecoin, actually, kind of exactly like that. Uh, the Microsoft report does say that these cryptocurrency mining attacks have gone down 40% since 2018, though. Uh, as the value of cryptocurrency rises and falls, so does this uh, mining encounter rate, according to the report. But you know, although there's been a downtrend in cryptojacking attempts, such as such attacks are still quite common. Cointelegraph recently reported a rise in cryptojacking across Mexico, where users of cloud networks remain the primary targets. Another attack in May by the Blue Mockingbird malware gang installed Monero mining malware on more a thousand enterprise systems. Oh yeah, they're they'll target individual users like us if they can but they're really going after the enterprises specifically with like cloud computing and stuff like that right now, you can really, ooh, you can really do some damage. So in November of last year, they reported almost 80,000 computers were infected by a crypto jacking malware named Dexfot. So they are doing things live and well. We talked about that Dogecoin exploit and there's hundreds and thousands more of them. Honestly, if you hold any cryptocurrencies on your computer in a wallet, you honestly might just want to Google that cryptocurrency and crypto jacking and see what you can't find and then take a look at your CPU usage during off times and go from there. Just saying, can't hurt to check every now and then. Uh, alrighty, well, hey, moving on to number nine. <clears throat> Binance finally opens up a full fiat Australian exchange. I think it was about a month ago we talked about the fact that there was a Binance.com AUS website that Binance was suing a flower shop over and flower shop won. Um, so that probably held things back. But hey, major cryptocurrency exchange Binance is launching a fiat to crypto trading platform in Australia, offering support for the direct purchases of crypto using the Australian dollar AUD. So Australian users will be able to deposit AUD from their bank accounts instantly without occurring fees using the PayID system which is also used by other Australian exchanges. The new exchange is launching as a desktop and mobile web service with an app planned for future release. 
Uh, Binance rolled out the Binance Lite Australia last year, which provided limited crypto brokerage services through a network of Australian news agents and internet banking services. Speaking to Cointelegraph, or CZ, Binance CEO Chengpeng Zhao, was pretty coy on how successful it's been. Uh, typically, when someone's not saying in the business world, it's because it didn't do fantastic. Uh, Binance's ambitions move beyond crypto-only trading services, and it has spurred it to establish fiat to crypto trading platforms in Uganda, uh, the first of its fiat to crypto ventures, Singapore, Korea, Jersey, and the United States. So, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the exchange had to vary what services it offers, has to limit them or do like joint ventures, just depending on like local, how the local regulations are. But they are going for the globe. They want to be the trading platform for the world. And honestly, they're doing a pretty dang good job of getting there. Um, they seem to be, to me, emerging as almost like an Amazon-type mega conglomerate. But without the almost sweatshop conditions for its workers, I, you got to do what you got to do to make money in this day and age. I understand it, but anything improvement-wise could be better. But hey, let's talk about article number 10, kind of round things out. So this uh, Ethereum thing that we've noticed, you know, it's gained you know, 40% over the past 30 days. Uh, regional reports stemming from China explain that GPU miners are becoming much harder to obtain since the price of Ether starting rising exponentially. Uh, yeah, it touched an 11th month high on Monday, hitting 327 per coin. Uh, statistics from EtherScan show that Ethereum network hash rate has increased by 25.7% since the first of this year. And the GPU rig manufacturer says that NVIDIA has also started to stop the production of the RTX 20 series GPU chips, which has temporarily hurt the industry. NVIDIA plans to release a next-gen version of the RTX 30 series graphics card in the near future. Uh, due to COVID-19, the order plan was reduced and production capacity was limited, you know, as many things were. Moreover, they also consciously limit the mining industry's excessive procurement to avoid the impact of the subsequent consumer market. So they think that a new product will come after September. Uh, and the NVIDIA co-founder currently stated, Cryptocurrency is not our business. Gaming is growing and workstation use is growing because of ray tracing and again because of the coronavirus. So as always, there's this tug and pull. These GPU mining coins like Ethereum are going to eat these things up in periods of boom. And that leads to higher prices. Believe me, last time I was trying to build a computer. Dear God, graphics cards were so expensive. Uh, I got lucky. A buddy of mine who upgrades his graphics card every like two years got a sweet, sweet deal on a really high-end one because uh, he worked for Best Buy and someone returned an open box so he was able to snag that bad boy for pretty darn cheap uh, and gave me his two-year-old one which I'm currently still using four years later so I was actually thinking about potentially upgrading again before my wife lost her job and then this happens so I mean I'll take my my ethereum money once ethereum hits you know five six seven eight nine ten thousand yeah here's hoping um, and use that to buy myself a graphics card then 
But hey, that does it for 10 of the trending articles in the crypto news space. Hopping over to CoinMarketCap, you can see everything, almost everything, is in the green right now. Bitcoin sitting at just shy of 11,100. Ethereum's at 322. XRP is at 24 cents, up about 8% on the day, sitting comfortably at number three. Tether is, of course, number four. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is up about 2%. Bitcoin SV, 2.5%. Cardano's up 2.24%. Litecoin's up 2.2%. Crypto.com coins up 1.0%. And Binance Coin rounding out the top 10 is at 0.59%. Uh, EOS is up about 7% right now. Good for them. Uh, Chainlink, eh, seven, you know, $7.15. It's positive on the day, but pretty flat. Tezos and Stellar, 0.7 and 3% respectively. Monero's actually slightly down, but still doing pretty well over the past week. Tron's up 3.6%. And then VeChain, eh, it's pretty flat. And it's actually in a downtrend right now. It it had a pretty significant drop the other day. But yeah, no, so that'll do it. I'm glad for all those who stuck around. Please make sure to subscribe if you've made it to this point, because why not? I do this every day, and I'm enjoyable enough for you to listen to me talk for at least 30 minutes. So hey, stick around. I enjoy having you here. Comment down below. Let me know what you think. Uh, be constructive and all that jazz if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on the podcast, you can follow that link down there at the bottom to the YouTube channel to get links to the articles discussed and leave me a comment comment to tell me how I did. But yeah, that'll do it for today. I will be back to talk to you all tomorrow. So peace out. Love you. Mean it. Bye.